The Story of Princess Amira Long ago, in a great valley nestled among the tall grasses of the savanna, a beautiful young girl was busy with her chores. Her name was Amira Abeda, or Princess Flower, as her mother, the former queen, had taken one look at her rich, glowing dark skin when she was born and declared, she is as beautiful as the blooms of the black calla lily. Amira had lost her mother not too long after, and though the king had married again, he had passed away before his time, too. Now the beautiful princess had no one in the world to look after her and care for her except for her stepmother, Queen Kafiti. The new queen was certainly pretty to look at, but the bitterness she held in her heart made her jealous and angry. She was a harsh queen who spent hours each day gazing at her face and the reflecting pool she'd built into her chambers, using her magical powers to change her features this way or that. Water, water across the sands, who is the most beautiful in all the land? She would ask a hundred times a day. You are my queen, with beauty so rare there is none who can compare. The pool would reply, its bubbling voice rumbling up from beneath the ground. Queen Kafiti would smile to herself and snap her fingers for more fancy food or drink before applying even more magical creams and potions to her face. Meanwhile, Amira grew older with each passing day. Though she was treated terribly by her mean stepmother, She did her best to be happy as she cooked and cleaned all day. After all, she had a home in the palace and plenty of friends to talk to. Animal friends, that is. All the creatures of the kingdom knew of Amira's loving spirit and generous nature, and they would sit outside the palace wall every day, waiting to hear her sing to them. One day, Queen Kafiti woke from a terrible dream. In her dream, her useless stepdaughter had been teasing her for being plain and boring. The queen raced to her reflecting pool and demanded to know the truth. Water bright across the sands, who is the most beautiful in all the land? She demanded, clutching the edges of her robe in fright. You were my queen, but now you must share. There is another who is beyond compare. Her heart is pure and her spirit is true. This, not just beauty, makes her more lovely than you. Who is she? Tell me at once so that I might be rid of her, the queen shouted, slapping the water with her hand in anger. A great tidal wave formed in the small pool, splashing the queen and soaking her from head to toe. Amira Abiba is her name. Her love and beauty will soon bring her to great fame. The queen was furious. She stomped around her chambers, leaving puddles with every footstep. Amira? How dare that girl become more beautiful than the queen? Who did she think she was? Guards? Queen Kafiti called out in anger. Take Amira far out to the desert and be rid of her. Your Majesty? The guards asked, looking at each other in confusion. After all, 
What could gentle, beautiful Amira possibly have done? You heard me. Get rid of her at once, the queen shouted, before throwing herself down on her bed and crying. The guards hung their heads in sadness, but they left to do as they were told. Our true princess, one of the guards said to Amira, bowing low and kneeling before her. You are in terrible danger. The queen has ordered us to take you far away from here, and and I cannot say it, but you must leave at once and never return. What? How can this be? I have been a good daughter for all these years, doing everything she asked of me. I have never been unkind to her. What did I do wrong to make her despise me? Amira asked, tears filling her bright ebony eyes. I know not, your highness, but you must go. We will escort you as far as the boundary of the kingdom, but we cannot keep you safe after that. You must be strong and brave and do all that you can to live well. Amira nodded, knowing that the loyal guards had no choice. She packed her things, which only included a comb that had belonged to her mother to wind her many braids around her head and a medallion that had belonged to her father, the king. Tying these things in a small sack around her waist, she nodded to the guards that she was ready to go. They journeyed for three days to reach the border, and the guards gave Amira a bag with some food and a skin filled with fresh water. They bowed low as they said their goodbyes, offering tearful hopes for her safety and protection. Amira had been so brave throughout the journey, but as the sun began to set and the sounds of the animals awakening echoed around her, she began to feel afraid. Somewhere in the distance, a hyena cackled. Dozens of vultures cacawed in the trees as they settled in for the night. Amira shuddered, but she was determined to find somewhere safe to sleep. As the darkness grew, Amira wondered if her eyes were playing tricks on her. There was a tiny yellow light up ahead, looking very much like a star that had fallen to the ground. She walked towards it, and her heart danced when she realized it was a lantern shining in a small window. Amira hurried to the door of the hut and knocked. It took several moments for it to creak open on its leather hinges. And when it did, Amira almost cried out in surprise. Standing before her were seven farmers, all looking up at her in wonder. Hello, she said nervously. My name is Amira Abeba, and, well, I have nowhere to go. I wonder if you might help me? The strangers narrowed their eyes at her, then looked at one another and began to whisper furiously to each other. Finally, one of them stepped forward and tugged her hand, pulling her inside. Of course we will help you, Amira Abeba, the first farmer said happily as the others smiled. We have heard stories of your goodness from the birds who fly overhead, and of your great mind from the ant bears that burrow through the ground. Now we see that you are as beautiful as you are smart and caring. Welcome to our home. Amira was happy. And after a restful night's sleep, she arose early the next morning to clean her host's home. She washed and patched the torn cloth that covered their low table, 
and drew fresh water from the river that ran beyond their fields. Before they tumbled from their bed and began their work, she made a hearty porridge of millet and a hot coffee to fill them up. We must go work our fields now, one of them said to her as they gathered their tools and hats. So be careful not to let anyone in. Be safe while we are gone. Back in the palace, Queen Kafiti woke up happier than she had in a long time. Amira Abeba was most certainly dead after spending the night alone in the far desert, so no one could be more beautiful than the queen now. Water bright across the sands, she began, staring at her face in the reflecting pool. But the water churned angrily and splashed out of the stone pool. Enough, Kafiti. We know what you have done, the bubbling voice cried out. Your beauty is there, but love is not. Jealousy is ugly in case you forgot. From this day forth, we are happy to shout. Amira's beauty lives on both inside and out. The queen flew into a rage. She flung all of the water from the pool until the entire chamber was soaked from corner to corner. With nowhere to see her beautiful face, she ran around the room, determined to get rid of Amira herself. The queen dressed in old rags and tied a torn, dirty scarf around her head. She rode out from the palace on her fastest horse in search of Amira. Following the guard's tracks was easy, and after riding for three days, she found a small mud hut standing alone in a farmer's field. Pretending to smile, Queen Kafiti tried to look tired and hungry as she hunched over, knocking on the door, waiting for an answer. The door opened, and Amira Abiba stood before her. The queen almost gasped at the sight of the girl's radiant face, her long, beautiful braids, her glistening eyes, and bright, cheerful smile. How can I help you? Amira asked her voice gentle and welcoming. My dear, I am tired from my travels and very thirsty. I wonder if you could give me some water to drink, the queen asked, trying to sound weak from her journey. Of course, come in and sit right here in this chair. I would fetch it for you myself. Amira hurried out with a pail, leaving the queen to sit inside the hut. As she went to the river to get fresh water to make the travelers some tea, a burrow opened up in the ground before her. Your Highness! A small animal squeaked, leaping up from the burrow to stand on its back legs, its long body stretching up before her. That is no old woman. That is Queen Kafiti, here to harm you. Are you sure? Amira asked, surprised. Why would she come all the way out here? Just then, the farmers returned from their fields to find Amira speaking with the animal. They stared at her curiously as she translated for the animal. What do you think we should do, your highness? They asked, offering to help. Amira thought for a moment, staring out towards the setting sun. She could never wish for any harm to come to someone, but she did not want Queen Kafiti to hurt her either. An idea suddenly came to her. 
you have been so generous, and I wonder if you could do one more favor for me. Anything for the princess, they shouted back, clapping their hands. Amira told them her plan, and the farmers and the animals all grinned. They knew what they had to do. The farmers hurried home and threw open the door to their hut, surprising the queen. Meanwhile, Amira crept around to the side of the small house and found the queen's horse. She rode back to the palace as quickly as the animal could carry her, taking her place as the rightful ruler of her kingdom. She freed her people from the old queen's harsh laws and was remembered as one of the wisest rulers in her kingdom's history. As for Queen Kafiti, well, the farmers did need someone to cook and clean for them, and that's just what she had to do. The End Thank you for listening to a Barely Bear production. 